Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Amen. Give Jesus a mighty oh, hand clap. Oh, give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. Give him praise. Give him praise. Oh, I want you to move to maybe five people. Tell them I wish you a Merry Christmas. Tell five people. Did you count well? Five. You got your five. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands to Jesus. I want you to take a minute or two to say thank you, Jesus, for coming to die for me. You want to say to him, thank you for making a difference in my life. Say thank you for paying the price for my sins. Splendor of the King. Clothed in righteousness, let all the earth rejoice, let all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles out his voice. His voice. How great is our God? How great is our God? Sing with me. How great is our God? And all will see how great, how great is our God. Wave your hands and sing it again. Father, 
We testify to your greatness today. We acknowledge you as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You earned the name which is above every other name. That at the mentioning of that name, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things on earth, and of things under the earth. We recognize that you had to first be born before you could die in our stead. And today we join countless numbers of believers and even unbelievers across the world to observe this special occasion the birth of the creator of the universe into this life. Thank you for the difference you've made in our lives. Thank you for who we are in Christ Jesus. Thank you for the place that we have in you. We celebrate you today. And we say that it is all because of you, Jesus, that we are standing here today. This morning, as your word comes, we pray for revelation. We pray for understanding. We pray for insight in Jesus' mighty name. And let the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Give Jesus another hand clap. Hallelujah. And you may be seated. Turn your Bibles with me, please, to the gospel according to Saint Luke. Brother Abu Bakar read a bit from here. But I think that we can go back to it. Because my sermon today will be picked largely from the verses here. Luke chapter 2 verse 1 to verse 20. It's a slightly extended service, but I think that in about 20-30 minutes max, we should be out of here. Luke chapter 2 verse 1 to 20. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took with him Mary to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. 
She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby. Guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. I want to share a quick message with you. Title of my sermon is Why We Must Be Thankful for Christmas. Why we must be thankful for Christmas. I didn't say why we must be thankful at Christmas. And I am very deliberate with the title. Again, it is why we must be thankful for Christmas. Now, let me ask you something. Usually, when we talk about Christmas, what occurs to most people? Enjoyment, enjoyment, enjoyment. Is that not so? Yeah. 
how, how is the enjoyment done? Yerinam. Enamme. Akokonam. Akokonam. Turkey. Aponchi. Tortoise. Child, this guy, we have to be very careful of him. Tortoise. I don't know whether it's still the same for, for little children. But when we were growing up, Christmas was very special. Special because Christmas means new clothes, new shoes, new cup. Christmas spectacles. <laughs> and in those days, you only eat chicken on special occasions. The chicken leg was a delicacy. So chicken was usually at Christmas, possibly at Easter. And if the Lord favors you on your birthday, that one you need favor. Somebody shout and say favor. So Christmas was a time of eating a lot and enjoying. And it was as if that was the main reason for Christmas. In those days, Fanta, Coke, and Sprite were reserved for occasions like that. Only. So one bottle of Fanta, you may have to share it. I mean, because I was a twin, found myself sharing with my twin brother. Yeah. So that was what Christmas was about. And it was about enjoying and blowing time. Are you here with me or have gone to Bethlehem? You are here. All right. Thank you very much. But it is important for us to understand that there is somebody who is the reason for Christmas. And as you may have heard it being said before, he is the reason for the season. I've heard people campaigning and saying that let's put Christ back into the Christmas. You know, I don't know who started that, but even saying Christmas is a challenge for some. So they say Xmas. They've taken the Christ out and they've placed the unknown element X into it. The X factor. And we are always finding X. But ladies and gentlemen, there is one person who is the reason behind Christmas? 
and it is the king of kings and the lord of lords his name is jesus yeshua emmanuel emmanuel and he has a host of many other names he is the reason for the Christmas. And he gives us the reason why we must be thankful for Christmas. Can I have an amen from somebody? Amen. So now, let's run through the reasons why we must be thankful for Christmas very quickly. We must be thankful for Christmas because of the good news of great joy it brought to all the peoples of the earth. We must be thankful for Christmas because of the good news of great joy it brought to all the peoples of the earth. This is one of the reasons why we must be thankful for Christmas. In Luke chapter 2 verse 10 to 11, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. This is the message that the angel brought and delivered to the shepherds. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. What is that good news? The Savior. Everybody say the Savior. Say with me the Messiah. Say with me the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Hallelujah. We must be thankful for Christmas. Because Christmas brings us good news of great joy. And Christ Jesus, our Savior, the Messiah and the Lord. His coming is the good news for all mankind. He was born to solve man's greatest problem. Which in essence is the good news. That somebody has finally appeared to solve the greatest problem of mankind. The greatest problem of mankind is not the increasing, the rate of increase of the world's population. The greatest problem of mankind is not how fresh water is quickly depleting all over the earth. The greatest problem of mankind is not that the ozone layer has been badly damaged. The greatest problem of mankind is not lack of education. The greatest problem of mankind is not the Russian-Ukraine war. 
neither is it the war between Israel and Palestine. The greatest problem of mankind is not the increasing gap between the rich and the poor. Because the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. But that is not the greatest problem of mankind. So what is the greatest problem of mankind? Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest problem of mankind which Jesus Christ came to solve is the problem of sin. Can I have an amen from somebody? Amen. That is the greatest problem of mankind. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, Adam and Eve and ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When God appeared on the scene, he exclaimed, what is this that you have done? What is this that you have done? They didn't understand. But it has taken the years to roll by for it to become clear what their disobedience had led to. And God exclaimed, what is this that you have done? Because he could see the sin that had now entered into a perfect world that he had created. There was nothing wrong with it. That is why at every leg of the creation, God said, it is good. There was nothing bad about the world that God created. But through their disobedience, sin entered. And with it came death. With it came pandemics. With it came sicknesses. Wars. Earthquakes. Devastations. Typhoons. And all the troubles that we find in the world. All these issues were introduced because of that thing called sin. And it became the greatest problem of mankind. So when the angel announced that I bring to you good news of great joy. He was informing the shepherds in effect that the greatest problem of mankind finally a solution has been found. That the champion the blowman the one who is going to set things right has just been born and this is the good news of great joy and so ladies and gentlemen we must be thankful for Christmas because Christmas is when we receive 
the good news of great joy. The good news that our greatest problem has been sorted out. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, we must be thankful for Christmas because if Christ hadn't been born, the salvation plan couldn't have been carried out. If Christ hadn't been born, the salvation plan couldn't have been carried out. Right in the Garden of Eden, God announced a plan. A salvation plan. When he said to the woman, that I will place enmity between your seed and the seed of the serpent. Your seed will bruise its head. And it will bite his heel. Notice that he said, I will put enmity, enmity between your seed, not your seeds. And it was a prophetic statement referring to Jesus Christ and what he was going to come to do. He was going to come along the line to sort out the devil and solve this greatest problem of mankind. And that was the beginning of the salvation plan. And in John 3, 16 to 17, we get a deeper glimpse into what that salvation plan is. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. Jesus came into this world to die on the cross to pay the price for your sins and my sins. But may I announce to you today if he hadn't been born there wouldn't have been any cross. He had to be born before he could take our place and die on the cross. And in essence, what it means is that no birth, no death. And that is the reason why Satan through Herod tried to kill him. Because Herod gave an instruction that all baby boys less than two years old should be slaughtered throughout his jurisdiction. So Jesus came to die. But he had to be born in order for this to take place. So we must be thankful for Christmas. Because if Christ hadn't been born, the salvation plan wouldn't have been carried out. Many of us think about Easter. We talk about the cross. We talk about Jesus shedding his blood. But we must recognize that the beginning of all of that was his birth. 
If he hadn't been born, our salvation would not have been worked out. So one of the reasons why we must be thankful for Christmas is that if Christ hadn't been born, the salvation plan wouldn't have been carried out. Clap your hands and bless the name of Jesus. We are almost there. Number three, we must be thankful for Christmas because it marked the beginning of God's reconciliation with mankind. It marked the beginning of God's reconciliation with mankind. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 18 to 19. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Watch this. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Jesus Christ was born so that God could be reconciled with mankind. His birth was the beginning of that reconciliation agenda of God. I am certain that God's heart was broken when he had to drive Adam and Eve out of the garden of Eden. Out of the presence of God. Before then, God used to visit them in the garden in the cool of the evening and he used to spend time with them sat with them I suppose chat with them laugh with them tease them it was a time of Q&A questions and answers as they talked to God ask him that God, so how did you create all of this? And I want you to picture that beautiful scene of God with his creation communing, fellowshiping. But when they disobeyed, that connection was broken. And God had to separate himself from them. That communion, that fellowship that existed at the very beginning was broken, was damaged. And God's heart was broken as he drove them out of the garden. But he had a plan that one day I'll be reconciled with this creation of man. One day, they'll be able to come close again. It got to a point that the only person who could assess the presence of God in a certain way was the high priest. God directed Moses to build the tabernacle. And Solomon followed suit and built a beautiful tabernacle to the glory of God. There was the outer court. There was the holy place. And then there was the holy of holies. The holy of holies was where the Shekinah glory and the presence of God was. For that place, only one person was authorized 
to go in there. And this was the what, what was the high priest? The chief of the priests. And even that, he goes there only once in a year. As he's going, nobody is sure whether he will come back alive. So they used to fasten a rope round them. And the priestly garment that they wore had lots of little, little jingle bells round it. That as he's ministering and, and, and then offering the incense to the Lord. Those out in the holy place could hear the sound of the bells. If they don't hear the sound of the bells, the jangara bells, jangara bells, jangara bells, if they don't hear it again, it means that <laughs> it didn't work. That he has made a wrong move and has been struck by the glory of God. So they hold the rope because the end of it is in the other place. Nobody can go in there to fetch his body out. And they will pull. And then they'll do your funeral. Then the next high priest will be appointed. I tell you, that next high priest will be afraid, Basa. That was how it was. Sanity. But on the day that Jesus died, that thick curtain that separated the most holy place from the other parts of the, of the temple. The Bible says it was torn in twain. And it signified that now God could be reconciled with mankind. And his presence will no longer be restricted to just one or two people. But all of mankind can have access to the presence of God. If they come through Jesus who is the way, the truth and the life. Hallelujah. Amen. That was the reconciliation plan of God. But the beginning was that Christ had to be born. So that that reconciliation plan of God could be set into motion. Give Jesus another hand clap. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. You are wonderful. You are worthy, O Lord. You are wonderful. You are worthy, O Number four. You're so nine. We must be thankful for Christmas for the assurance it brought us that God is with us and for us, not against us. And I'm going to end with this one. There are three more, but I'll just end with this one. We must be thankful for Christmas for the assurance it brought us that God is with us and God is for us not against us. Let me give you the other three. We must be thankful for Christmas because it teaches us that in due season God will fulfill every promise to us. Number six, we must be thankful for Christmas 
Because we get to see that ordinary people have a place in the redemption plan. Number seven, we must be thankful for Christmas because of the peace it brings knowing that God wishes us well. Hallelujah. And the fourth reason again, we must be thankful for Christmas for the assurance it brought us that God is with us and for us, not against us. Matthew 1.23 Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. Christmas brings the assurance that God is actually with us. God is with us. God is with us. God is with us. Isaiah prophesied and said, The virgin shall conceive a son and shall give birth and call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Isaiah said, "Come, say, Obebunu be nyinsen wa Obebema na yebetu ni dinse Imanu achense nyame kanyehu anaso." And Christmas must give us that assurance. Into wasi buru nyamu ne maesa inkranseno that God is with you. I said that God is with you. And that God is for you. And God is not against you. He's not. He is with you. I said he is with you. As you move through this life, understand that God is with you. That all of heaven is backing you. That the king of kings and the lord of lords is with you. That the one who holds the whole universe together is with you. That the one who has all power and all authority in his hands is with you. That the one who is above all principalities and powers is with you. His name is Emmanuel. Which means God is with us. And I want to say to you my friend. He's with you. I said he's with you. Don't move through this life. With 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 the victims mentality. Because we seem to have that mindset. That we are easy prey for the devil. That he can have his way with us at will. And you've heard me say before that the way we exalt the devil and magnify his power. It is as if he is all powerful and God is a weakling. And so you would see the average Christian is concerned about how he can live his life free from demonic powers, demonic influences, and what have you. Demonic powers are real. And it will be foolhardy to ignore their existence and their influence. But I will rather magnify the God who is with me 
than him testifying about the devil who is against me. And that is the choice for every child of God and every believer here. Your mind is too focused on the devil and what he's doing. If you can reorient yourself and constantly remind yourself that God is with me. God is with me. I am not to be pitied. Nobody needs to cry for me. Nobody needs to feel sad for me. Because God is with me. I said God is with me. The one who's got the whole world in his hands is with me. And Christmas it's a season that must remind us all that Emmanuel was born and Emmanuel means God is with us and we must be thankful for Christmas because God is with us and Christmas gives us that assurance hallelujah Amen. and the last one we must be thankful for Christmas because it tells us that in due season God will fulfill his promises in our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. In due season. When God said that he was going to put enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent it was way back in the garden of Eden. Early days of the creation or the recreation of the world. From the time that this prophecy came to the time that Christ was born it took roughly 6,000 years. How many years did I say? 6,000. At the time that Isaiah prophesied that Jesus was going to be born. To the time when he was born. It took more than 400 years. 6,000 years from the creation. More than 400 years after that prophecy was given. But ladies and gentlemen. In due season. That prophecy came to pass. May I announce to somebody today Jesus. that everything that God has said concerning Amen. you, Jesus. let the story of Christmas constantly remind you Jesus. that in due season, mm. your time will come. Amen. And every promise that he's made concerning you, Jesus. he will bring that promise to pass. Amen. His promise to bless you, he will fulfill it. Amen. His promise to promote you, he will fulfill it. Amen. His promise to enlarge you, he will fulfill it. Amen. His promise to increase you, he will fulfill it. Amen. His promise to make you the head and not the tail, he will fulfill it. Amen. His promise to prosper you, he will fulfill it. Amen. His promise to you, his personal promise to you, Jesus. that he will give you that child, Jesus, he will fulfill it. Amen. That you will marry Jesus, he will fulfill. Amen. That he will bless you on every side. He will fulfill. Amen. Whatever promise his word has made to you, 
he will fulfill it. Amen. He said, by his stripes, you were healed. healed. When Jesus exclaimed and said, it is is finished, your healing was completed. Learn to say thank you, Jesus, Jesus. for healing me. As you wait to see the physical manifestation Mm. of the healing that has already been sorted out more than 2,000 years ago. So I say to somebody today, every time we celebrate Christmas, be thankful for it. Because you have that assurance Mm. that God's promises Mm. concerning you. Jesus. Though it tarries, you must wait for it. Amen. At the end, it will not lie. Amen. It will speak. Amen. And it will come to pass. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus. Rise up to your feet so and let's close. Also. I am done. So Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Oh, come, let us. Adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Can you lift up your hands and sing it one more time to the Lord? Oh, come, let us. If your hands belong to you, can you lift them to the Lord, my friend? Thank you, Jesus. Worship him, worship him for a few minutes, for he alone is worthy. Sing and testify. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. For he alone is worthy. Give it to him. We give you all the glory. Wave your hands to the Lord. Give him all the glory. Give him all the glory. Give him all the glory. We give you all the glory. Thank you, Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. Oh, yes. What a beautiful name it is. Oh, nothing comes today. Oh, what a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Somebody sing, what a wonderful name. What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name. Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Christ Jesus Christ. What a wonderful name. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. Nothing compares to this.
Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. It's a wonderful the name. Testify. What a powerful name. What a powerful name it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a powerful name. What a powerful name it is. The name And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, in this special Christmas service, we've just had the festival of nine lessons and carols. And the word of God has come. Reasons why we must be thankful for Christmas. It's about Jesus. So now I want to ask you, my friend, have you given your heart to this Jesus? Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Is your name written in the book of life. Have you ever prayed a prayer and deliberately, consciously invited Jesus into your heart? I think that at a Christmas service like this, you have a fine opportunity to do just that. And I'm here to pray for you, my friend. And for you watching me this And all around this place, if you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're watching me and you need Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want you to lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray for you. God bless you. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Lift up your right hand very clearly so that I can see. God bless you. And if you're watching, I can see you, but God can see you. Right there in your room, in the privacy of your room, you can lift up your hand to Jesus. Do not let this Christmas service end without you surrendering your heart to the greatest person who ever loved you. And now I want you to pray this prayer for me or with me. Wherever you are, say this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, on this Christmas day, I come to you just as I am. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to die for me. But for that to happen, you had to be born. Thank you, Jesus. For accepting to come into this world. To take my place. And to die for my sins. Today. I receive you. As my Lord. And my Savior. Please come into my heart. Wash me clean. With your precious blood. From today. I am yours. And you are mine. I will serve you follow you, live for you. Let your Holy Spirit help me 
to live a victorious life. Oh God, please add my name to the book of life. I thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. And in his mighty name, have I prayed with thanksgiving. Let everybody say, Amen. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.